turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. This is Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. From the heart of New York City and the tri-state area to the most active real estate hotspots across America. Keeping you plugged in to the latest real estate market trends. From mortgage news and legal developments to everything you need to know about buying or selling a property. Benefited by the advice of the experts. Now, here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Good morning, everyone, and happy Saturday. And I think don't forget to change your clocks back tonight because we go back to darkness at 5 (laughs) o'clock. So I hate that. I hope they eventually, because I know there's a lot of people plugging for it, they just keep it daylight savings time forever. And who wants it to get dark at 5 o'clock or 4.30? But you have to change your clock tonight regardless. Um, we have a great show for you today. You know, we're always talking about real estate, which really affects everything we do. Um, but we have a especially good show today for you. Um, of course, my co-host um, for the first hour is Stephen, uh, attorney Stephen Ebert, who's a partner at the prestigious firm Cassin and Cassin. And he always has the latest information. Uh, good morning, Stephen. Good morning, Daddy. Happy Saturday. And yeah, it's always a slightly sad time of year when the clocks, you know, go back. I know. You know like, well, uh, it, it's like it's dark at like four o'clock. Um, I know. But you know what that all, that also means? We're only about six weeks away before the days start getting longer again. So, see, at least you took a positive aspect out of it, and I like that. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> you got you know, to be positive. Yeah, it just feels like, you know, when it's cold, and it, I, I, they predict we're going to have a cold winter in the uh, Northeast this year. Uh, who knows if they're going to be right or not. I always say, Stephen, in my next life, I want to be a weather woman. You want to know why? Because you don't ever have to be right, and nobody cares. <laughs> like, you can say, well... It might rain, there's a chance to rain, chance it might not. And nobody really gets mad. They go, what do you want? So, we, you know, if the weather's warm, well, that's the weather. Nobody really, that's, that's the job I want, right? I'll just go on and show the map. It's, it, <laughs> it's so true. I mean, you, you, could, you could have said it better on that. But I will tell you, we are more <laughs> accurate on our show. So. <laughs> oh, definitely, definitely, <laughs> definitely. Okay, it's just like I tell all these millennials who want to work two days a week, it's, you know, and I say to them, listen, if you guys can get away with it because you want to make the same amount of money that people make that worked like seven days a week, like we work like day and night, I go, if you guys can get away with working two or three days a week, nine to five, have a family life, play golf, have time with your kids, to have a balance. You know what? That we were all idiots, and I'll give you all the credit and, you know, learn from you guys because 
you know, it reminds me of a comment. Some, sometimes people get too aggressive as to saying, oh, I don't want to pay taxes. What can we do to pay less taxes? And I said, look, there's sort of limits, right? But I said there's a guaranteed way to never pay any income taxes ever. Guaranteed. Don't work. Don't work. Don't make any income. You won't pay any taxes. It's not going to well, work too well for you. I don't want to get too political, <laughs> but the way things are going, I think it's heading in that direction. Okay, right. I really do. I think, you know, I don't get political on this show, but I sometimes, I know, you know, I know, where are these people going? You know, they're looking at socialism. And, you know, when I was in college, I had this great professor, and so I, I took a lot of classes with him. And, you know, we really did talk about, I mean, that, that was the, the key, socialism, communism. And, you know, really I studied it in depth. And obviously, it's when you rely on the government, and the government does everything for you, and you're totally dependent on the government, and they can tell you what to do. And, and you know, um, and you know, I just don't, you know, look, there are people that need to rely on the government, and that's fine. If you're sick, you need help, you know, you're raising the single. But, you know, the way, the way I look at it, I'm saying, you know, a guy that goes out and has, like, a family of, like, maybe two or three kids and a wife, and he goes out and he works and he works through, you know, a job and he makes, like, 100, 125. Then there's a guy that doesn't work and has the same family. Well, the guy that doesn't work gets benefits. The kids go to college free. I mean, there's, I mean, sometimes there's almost, it uh, makes almost an incentive. So I... You know, I agree, Dottie, and I'll tell you, and I know we're here to focus on real estate, but honestly, there's so much going on in the world, I I would not feel right not just saying a few words on it. The state of our universities right now, um, Uh. it it, it is disgusting, honestly, the the bigotry, the lack of morality, and, and this was a long time coming, and the events of the last three weeks or so, has shown the moral decay. And, you know, look, everyone has a range of opinions. I don't care which side of the which political party you're voting for or so forth. Right. But there used to be a foundational understanding amongst everybody. You know, you're talking about assistance. That was emergency assistance. Sure, people had a different where you draw the line as to how much, but the fundamental agreement society is, we're there when emergencies happen, but it's not as a way of life and, and other things, too. And the bottom line is, and this does affect real estate, if you want to have a society where you have a strong citizen, and what I mean by a strong citizen is people who volunteer, people who are engaged in civil society, regardless of the opinion of what they're, they're pushing, but with this foundational understanding and promotion of basic American values, owning a home, understanding basic economics, basic ethics, basic civics is critical. And we are seeing the moral decay when you see what's been going on these last three weeks of both some of the comments, the pictures, the disgusting, despicable behavior. And I'll tell you, and it's separate from this show, you know, I try to be active, and I, I've been very critical of my university where I went um, because the silence was deafening. And, and what I would say is, you know, people across the political spectrum, thank goodness the vast, vast, vast majority are people of goodwill. 
But I will say, when we walk through our daily lives silently and we see what is going on, that you, you have to be engaged. When things were happening in the 1930s around the world, you know, and people quietly say, oh, how terrible is that? You cannot sit down and say, oh, geez, you know, what a shame. You need no. to stand up well, you know, and speak with a moral voice. My, uh, my brother's divorced from him, but he's the father of a child. Um, has a diner. I won't say where, but it's on Long Island. And he's Greek, so it's not that he's Jewish or anything. But when this all happened, he put up a flag for Israel around his diner. And he wrote that he lost 30% of his business and that people, some of his help walked out. And then, I don't know, maybe it was DoorDash. I'm not sure, so don't quote me on that, but somebody would deliver. So he wrote, you know, even though I lost 30% of my business, people walked out on me, I felt like I had to do this. And as a result of that, I guess, you know, on they have a lot of moms, magazines. you know, they have like Plainview Moms, Sayasa Moms, Huntington Moms, you know, there's a lot of sites. And they put it all over. And I was reading the post and people said, well, that was really a noble thing to do. I drove two and a half hours to your diner just to say thank you. You know, and people really came out. So, and so they I'm going to say something, Dottie, and, and I want everyone, all of our listeners to know that I had no idea that you were going to bring this up. I heard about this diner. I saw the pictures. And I actually have a bunch really? of meetings in Long Island on Monday, even though I live in Westchester. And I planned in my day to have lunch at this diner just as a way to say thank you. Yeah, his name is Peter. He was my daughter's first boyfriend, so he kind of grew up in my house. Like when he was sixteen, I like they started going out, and they ended up getting married. But um, when he did that, and I didn't even know. It's not that he told me. I just started seeing emails, and I started saying. And he wrote, you know, maybe this was not the right thing for business, but I felt I needed to do this. And I gave him, I mean, I gave him credit, but you know what? I, I thought, well, you know what? That really is someone who sticks to what their morals are and stuff like that. And as I said, he's not Jewish. He's Greek. Okay. But the people, you have to see all the responses I saw that said, I'm driving. I went out there. I drove, two, you know, you wouldn't normally drive two and a half hours to go to a diner, maybe a good restaurant, you know, a fancy restaurant or something, but... But people really supported him, and all I think is that everyone has to do the right thing. But what really, and I, I, I battle with this daily, and I don't have an answer, so I don't, because I want to do something. I feel this world, I mean, I've been around a long enough time, and maybe I wasn't as politically aware of things, or maybe I didn't pay attention as much. I'm not sure, but I don't remember it ever being this hateful. And I, you know, I talked about nine eleven, and I said, "Look, that was horrific, horrific." I mean, it was almost surreal. It was not almost; it was surreal because never did we ever believe that that would ever happen in the United States. But, but, but Dottie, you, you hit the nail on the head. We we never believed it would happen. I mean, we would never expect. It's almost too hard to comprehend that people would act away. I mean, Americans are really. 
the most generous people in the world. And, and maybe I'm biased as an American saying that, but I really believe that in my heart. The amount of people who, on their own, donate their time, donate money, give people, I, I mean, do all sorts of things, and give to the world. And there, I don't think there has been a culture overall for such a sustained period that has projected forward and tried to help in so many ways um, that's out there. And so it is very hard, I think, for the average person to think that someone could behave in such an evil way, right? When I've talked to people, whether it was 9-11 or October 7th of this year in Israel, people say, the behavior of the other side, of the Hamas, of the ISIS, the others, oh, it's crazy. And I say to them, no, please don't say it's crazy. Because crazy implies they don't know what they're doing. It is evil. They know exactly what they're doing and they choose to do it. So please, it, it is evil, not crazy. Well, I have to tell you, in, in, in all the years I've done radio, I never got, and I wouldn't consider it hate mail, that, but I've never got anything really bad. And there was a show that we did a couple of weeks ago. You and I did it. It was like an hour show. And I felt I had a touch on it. You know, it was right away when things just started. And I just said, and here's exactly what I said. I said, it's not about race. It's not about religion. And, you know, it, it, it's just about evil. Okay, that's it. Um, there was a million Palestinians that got innocent, that got hurt, for, you know, or killed, a million Israelis, and people wrote horrible things to me. So, uh, you, you know, I, so take it a step further. What I was trying to say, and I know this is a real estate show, but I really feel that I have to have a voice with so much going on. I just have to say this, and you don't have to agree with this. And that's the beauty of living in this country. You do not have to agree with me, and it's fine if you don't. But I have never seen the, com the country. And, it, and, then, and this goes back before this whole Israeli-Palestinian thing. So divided in politics, in everything. And I, I was starting to say that if there was ever any silver lining, which is hard to think there would be after 9-11, well, the world was one, and it was like, in my lifetime, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so beautiful. Everybody is one. Like, you looked at a person, it didn't matter where you were from, it didn't matter who you are, or what color you are. Everybody, you would drive down, I'd be driving on the parkway, and there was cars with the American flags hanging out, and all of a sudden, all those school songs that you sang, like, you know, God Bless America, and My Country, Tis of Thee, which... I'm sure as when I was seven years old, I didn't think much about it. I really didn't try to interpret it. But all of those songs, they would play them on the radio, and I'd be crying. And well, it we, all of a sudden, we were united. It has, it has a lot of meaning all of a sudden. Like it, it come, it, it it changes from words or something quaint to something real. You know, when. I think about it, I live in northern Westchester, and in the town nearby is a town called Somers. And when we think of the Marine Corps hymn, from the halls of Montezuma to the shores of Tripoli, where when Thomas Jefferson was president, right, it's referring to the fact that there were Barbary pirates in North Africa um, 
and there were certain Muslim extreme groups then that were kidnapping Americans that Thomas Jefferson sent the Navy. And there is a monument at the U.S. Naval Academy to some of these battles in North Africa. And one of them was at Commodore Somers, same family from the town nearby, and who was buried in Libya, who died, you know, trying to save Americans who were uh, kidnapped um, when Thomas Jefferson was president. You know, unfortunately, Dottie, in every generation, there is an evil force of some level that rises up. It could be Nazism and fascism or communism. Pick your extremism. And it is up to all the people of goodwill to be out there. Um, and I am very saddened to hear that there was some hate mail from the show a couple of weeks ago. But, but I'll say one thing for those who, who think that there is not a concern about humanity across the board. I, I saw a couple of videos recently filmed by residents of Gaza, not Israel, not Israelis, not the Israeli government, by residents of Gaza. And there's a guy who's on his bicycle who shows pictures of civilians absolutely gunned down lying in the street. He's speaking Arabic, and I, I saw some translations. These were people who were gunned down by Hamas terrorists shooting Gazans because they were told by Israel, please flee the area where the military is going in because they didn't want to let their own civilians flee to show the world more casualties. I will say this, and I know we got to get to the real estate. Acts of terrorism, acts of barbarism, the, the first people to suffer by Hamas are actually the Arabs that live in the Gaza Strip because they are terrorizing their own people so that they're able to also terrorize the citizens of Israel. And so... Well, I just you know, want to say who, this again, whatever your political preferences, and I never get into politics. All I can tell everyone is we all, because I don't know that any one of us alone can change the world, but I think we all owe it, because I don't, I think, I don't know how it got this way, but it got this way, and it's not, it, it's been this way for a long, a while. It's been very divided, our country. Politics, yeah. I mean, you know, it's just, you know, politics used to be, you know, well, okay, you could have a different political view, but at some point people tried to compromise. It wasn't if you, you know, if you say this, I'm saying the opposite. It just got the ugly. And all I can say is, hey, I can't change the world myself. You can't change the world yourself. But we can all do our part in doing one good thing or doing one positive thing or talking, saying something positive, okay, rather than negative, because I think people are afraid to speak up. I, I'm very vocal, and so I'll go into a crowd. Like, you know, I just had dinner. Where I saw a play. A friend of mine took me to see a play, which was really a lot of fun. And, um, and afterwards, we all went out, and there were some people I didn't know. And I'm not afraid to bring up things. And I feel that people are afraid to speak now. And I feel that's so against everything in America that I was ever brought up. So you don't have to agree. But as long as it's not that you're doing something that's harmful, people have the right to disagree. And it got ugly. And how can we change it? Well, everybody can be do a little at a time. And I don't think you have to be afraid to speak. I mean, I wouldn't go on a last speaker. I agree. Okay. 
if, if, if we don't if we don't have a first amendment you don't have a country if people can't speak uh, then 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 we lose that and we have a commercial so I'm super excited about the conversation I just had with Alex Kinsella over at Route 22 Toyota. He was catching me up on the landscape of the automotive industry, and i got to tell you, he really seems to have it figured out. Alex and his entire team over at Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey, makes the entire car shopping experience easy. He let me know that while inventory levels are far from perfect, they finally got a nice selection of new cars over at Route 22 Toyota, including RAV4 and Highlanders. Plus, they're holding inventory for local New Jersey residents versus selling them to people calling from out of state call route 22 toyota at 973-705-8905 and let the team show you one of the area's largest selections of new toyota vehicles and be sure to check out their huge selection of pre-owned and toyota certified used vehicles while you're there that's 973-705-8905 and remember to tell them that joe piscopo sent you Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I know it's hard to believe, but the holidays are here. Why not make them truly memorable this year on board the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises? Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. Whether you've been put in charge of planning the office Christmas party or are looking to do something exciting for the holidays, why not take the party off land and on to sea? Call 212-633-1231 or visit newyorkcruises.com and see how Captain Fred and his first class yacht crew will make your special occasion an unforgettable day. The Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar or bat mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit newyorkcruises.com. Hi, it's Arthur Idala. I've been talking about the court reporting program at Plaza College for some time now. Well, Plaza College has been around since 1916, and not only do they have the School of Court Reporting, but they have four other schools of study, including their new School of Nursing. The Accelerated Bachelor of Science in Nursing program can be completed in just 16 months. And I'd like to offer congratulations to the first graduating cohort of nursing students. This first cohort began with 20 students, and 18 successfully completed the program. What an accomplishment. Plaza also has a dental hygiene program with a 20-chair community clinic. Students work on live patients under the supervision of a dentist. It's an incredible experience. For additional information regarding the programs I mentioned or Plaza's other areas of study, like their School of Business and Paralegal Studies or their School of Allied Health, email info at plazacollege.edu info at plazacollege.edu That's info at P-L-A-Z-A college.edu I'm Ferenc Toth, host of the Your Personal Bank Show. I use common sense as an entrepreneur, financial literacy educator, and speaker to understand how current events affect our money, economy, and our freedom. Grow your money safely, reduce taxes, increase returns, and create positive arbitrage with Your Personal Bank. Tune in to the Your Personal Bank Show Saturdays at 4 p.m. or contact Ferenc at yourpersonalbank.com. The Your Personal Bank Show Saturdays at 4 p.m. 
The Christmas Mortgage Miracle is back and bigger than ever. For five years, the Christmas Mortgage Miracle has made it possible for you to win next year's mortgage or rent. This year, we've raised the grand prize to $18,000. To pay for next year's mortgage or rent. Increase your opportunity to win when you enter up to once per day and complete optional bonus tasks. Enter the Christmas Mortgage Miracle sweepstakes. Visit am970theanswer.com. That's am970theanswer.com. Listen to AM 970 The Answer on Alexa, TuneIn, iHeart, or Odyssey.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. Okay, so we're back. You're listening to Eye on Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. And so now we're back to business and real estate. Just want to know, we have a great guest. First of all, you can obviously tune into 970 Live, or you can get us, you know, you can stream us or go on the Answer Mobile app or iHeartRadio, and you can follow me on Facebook, Twitter. Um, you can follow me anywhere. I mean, just look at my name and you'll find me. And I have a newsletter every week. So be sure to follow JohnnyHerman.com. This week, though, I have a very special guest. Um, I, I, I think he's kind of changed in the real estate business in many ways. I go back with him a while. But at 1130, I will be joined by uh, uh, Spencer Raskoff, who is the co-founder and CEO at 75 and Sunny Ventures. He's the co-founder and chairman of Dot L.A. Picasso, which is a new way of owning second homes. Uh, food, Hey Libby. Um, and he, I met him, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago when um, he co-founded Zillow, Hotwire, dot L.A., Picasso. I mean, he's just a genius, and he's still going strong, and he is probably one of the smartest guys I know and a, a total entrepreneur, and so he'll be joining the show, like, in the second hour, so I really look forward to him. You've learned so much about him. Um, when he was at Zillow, he won dozens of, you know, awards, and he grew, and he started this by himself with a friend. He grew it over over 4,500 employees in less than a couple of years, $3 billion in revenue, and a $10 billion in market capitalization. So, he's a guy you're going to not want to miss. He's great. Um so don't forget, follow me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn at Dottie Herman, and we have a great show. I thought that, Steve, just for quick, to give you a little rundown of the markets, like nationally, um, U.S. prices rose to records, and, you know, they were a quarter behind because by the time they record the prices, it's a little behind, but U.S. home prices rose to um, a record in August, um, it rose 2.6% from a year earlier, and, and that's due to the shortage of homes that kept the market competitive. Home prices rose in August to a record high. Now, this is nationally, as the shortage of homes for sale kept the market that competitive. So it's all about supply and demand. There's more people looking than there was supply. If there was more people, if there was a lot of supply, we would not have kept the prices as high. Um, yeah, absolutely. The August level was the highest since the index began in 1987. So while prices have risen, the number of home sales have fallen. 
Okay, so prices have gone up, but we haven't had as many sales. Rising mortgage rates helped explain both trends. Higher rates have kept buyers on the sidelines, reducing demand to buy homes. Uh, but higher rates have also kept potential sellers from listing their homes, especially if they had bought a home when it was 3%, and they're not going to sell. I don't understand that as, you know, I read it, I don't quite understand it because I know I bought my home at 15%, and I just said, okay, well, then I'll refinance it, but I got in the market. And I think that anybody that's looking who wants to buy a home, don't let these interest rates throw you up. Go to a mortgage broker or a bank and find out some alternative financing because you can always refinance. And I think you got to start somewhere. Absolutely. So I, and, Dottie, I, you know, some, good news, some good news on rates. Uh, actually, rates went down a little bit in the second half of this past week as um, – you know, the Fed did not, and Federal Reserve did not make any moves. They kept a neutral position. Right. They did say it's possible that rates could go up in the future, um, but that was positive news for mortgage rates. So, you know, they did tick down a little bit. Um, so that's some good Wait, news. Right. Yeah. Um, I would say so on a 30 year fixed primary residence, I would say they were at eight and going over. I, I think now they're more like seven and a half percent. You know, it depends, obviously, where you are in the country and some factors, and but I think closer to, to that. Me, yeah. As soon as they get inflation down to where they want it, which is 2%, it looks like they're going to try to average them out, and I think that might happen sometimes in, sometime in 2024. They're looking to try to get them eventually to five, five and a half around there. Um, but the high rates have not, have, you, know, you know, the low inventory and high rates, it's still a good time to buy. I said you could always refinance. Um, so mortgage rates have recently risen to actually, they say in two decades the highest. But again, talking to an old timer like me, you know, I'm like, well, it didn't stop me from buying. It didn't stop any of the friends from buying. None of us had any money. But we just got in the game. And I think you just have to get in the game. Um, Absolutely. I don't want to bore you to death with all of this data. Um, Goldman Sachs just dropped their housing market forecast for 2024 and see high home prices, high mortgage rates, and the lowest number of existing home sales since the early 90s. That's what they're predicting. Uh, they're saying there's going to be about four more years of gridlock. Uh, now, that's just a prediction. They see a, next year for one, Goldman Sachs sees sustained higher mortgage rates having their most pronounced impact on the housing turnover, according to its latest 2024 housing outlook. In other words, we've all seen the lock in effect at 7% rates nearly all year. Now it's time to see at 8%. So I think life will go on. I think there's still a shortage of inventory. Um, and that, you know, there's another prediction that, high, you know, that higher, that the higher for mortgage rates and the resulting lock-in effect will push existing home sales to fall to their lowest level since the 1990s. So, that, first of all, there was not a lot of sales in real estate this year. And when I say that, I'm just giving you a national number. There's certainly pockets where, but that's because of higher interest rates. And that's because people that did buy places during, you know, the pandemic when they got 3% interest rates or 25 whatever they were, they're not moving to now get 8%. 
okay? And I think there's a lot of uncertainties that people kind of are just waiting to see. Um, so, I, I, you know, I, I think, you know, you're just going to, you know, it's kind of one of those years that people aren't doing a whole lot of stuff. They're just uh, waiting. A lot of forecasts nationally for next year say that there's going to be a 1% increase or less than 4 Okay, so that's a big difference. But basically, 2 or 3% appreciation is good because um, now some people think it's going to go to 6% up. I don't really know, and what you're reading a lot of it is just people's predictions. And I have to tell you, every Friday night, I take whatever I know from being, you know, doing it every day, and then I just go and I, I read all these different magazine stuff, and I go on the Internet, and I can tell you that last night I read, oh, there's a, and I, I'm not going to go into it all because it's, it's not even worth it. I read in detail how much we are not going to be in a recession. And there's over a 50% chance that we will not be in a recession, that we're going to have a soft landing. Then I read the exact opposite. We are going to go into a recession. And if you start reading articles, you're going to find they all contradict each other. And so... Well, the good news, Dottie, is if you read enough, one of them will be right. <laughs> you know, it's... it's, 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 it's sort of like the weather when we started in the prediction business. My, my rule about checking the weather is regardless of what the news says, look out the window before you walk out the door as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so what I'm saying is it's just like anything you listen to. Depending, you know, you can put on a channel and you put news on, and every channel is telling you a different story. So I think that my advice to everybody is: you listen to a lot, read a lot, and then you come up with your own opinion. Um, okay. As far as New York goes, um, the New York report: uh, Manhattan saw newly signed contracts increase year over year for the first time in a year and a half. New listings increased for the first time in 16 months. And all properties saw significant gains in newly signed contracts above a million dollar threshold. So uh, that's going to be New York. Um, David Rockefeller's former home closed as the priciest townhouse of the year during an otherwise slow week of luxury sales. There were 12 deals this week for $4 million or more. Um, the Manhattan luxury housing market slowed a little with just 12 contracts signed with $4 million, but that's still good, okay? Uh, co-ops outsold condos 4 to 3, which is unusual, but co-ops right now you can get a better deal on. So, um, in addition, 12 signed contracts on the Upper East Side and townhouses closed. So, New York's doing pretty decently. I'm going to finish giving you this information. I think we have a place coming up. We write back. Tell you what the world of Connecticut's doing in Westchester, Sarah, and Long Island. So you can get a, an idea depending on where you live.
Hi, it's Arthur Idala. Get ready to save big all month long at Bay Ridge Honda's big Black Friday sale. This is big, big inventory, big benefits, and big savings with all new in-stock Honda models marked under MSRP. Browse hundreds of new 2024 Honda vehicles like the all-new Honda CRV, the all-new Honda HRV, and Accord, ready for you to drive home today. And over 100 certified pre-owned vehicles backed by the Honda True Pro. Program at their 2022 President's Award winning dealership. Visit the Sabah family owned and operated Honda dealer for over 60 years, serving all five boroughs Brooklyn, Manhattan, Staten Island, Queens, and the Bronx. They all choose Bay Ridge Honda. Visit them at 4th Avenue and 88th Street in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, or online at BayRidgeHonda.com. That's BayRidgeHonda.com. These deals are available to qualified buyers. Additional fees may apply. See dealer for details. This sale ends 11 30, 2023. Both houses of Congress are considering legislation that will impact your favorite talk shows and news updates. The AM Radio for Everyone Vehicle Act would ensure that auto manufacturers will not eliminate AM radio from the dashboards of future car models. Over 80 million Americans, men and women just like you, depend on AM radio for news, severe weather updates, various debates on talk shows, and local information that's essential for public safety. When a disaster strikes or lives are threatened by wildfires in places from California to the Northeast, AM radio is often the only lifeline the community has. You have the power to make a real difference. The AM radio for every vehicle act is H.R. 3413 in the U.S. House and Senate Bill 1669 in the U.S. Senate. Please contact your senator and congressman asking them to support this vital legislation to keep AM radio on the dashboards of American cars now and forever. You have all helped support my pillow and their employees in these tough economic times. Mike Lindell knows this and continues to give back to listeners with deals on his most popular products. You've heard me recently speak about the My Slippers, Giza Sheets, My Pillow 2.0, and more. Great news. The My Pillow 6-pack bath towel sets are back in stock. They are extremely absorbent yet still provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath towels, two hand towels, and two washcloths. Regular price is $79.98 for a limited time. You can get this six-pack towel set for only $39.99 with promo code P. That's a 50% savings. Go to MyPillow.com. Call 800-651-0798. Use the promo code P to save 50% on the MyPillow six-pack towel sets. Listen to us anywhere. TuneIn.com. iHeartRadio.com. Get the app at am970theanswer.com. AM970, the answer. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The fight for the GOP nomination is heating up with candidates making moves to gain traction. And the next battle is happening right here. Join Salem Radio Network as the candidates take the stage at the next GOP debate. Which candidates will qualify? And will we see the front runner take the stage? Find out Tuesday. Coverage begins at 7. In the evening on AM 970, The Answer. Our hosts all look like GQ models. See them now at am970theanswer.com. Continuing with Eye on Real Estate, your premier source for real estate information. Here's the host of Eye on Real Estate, the vice chair of Douglas Elliman, Dottie Herman. 
We're back, and I'm kind of yeah, this is I am real estate. I'm here with Stephen Everett, and we are just giving you an overall view of what's going on in the market. So back to New York City, a $29.5 million co-op led Manhattan sales. Um, and there were 19 deals inked for $4 million or more last week, which is good. And a skyscraper condo in Manhattan led home sales, and it was 52.95 million. It was a penthouse, and it was the most expensive home in the week ending October 11th. And the major metros across the country that claimed the top three biggest home sales in the United States in the week ending October 11th were either in Los Angeles or, guess what, New York. So say what you want, but New York is still getting the prices. Um, you know, so, and, and California, you know, they've gone through their days and their times, but they're still New York and California. As far as Long Island goes, uh, newly signed contracts have slipped annually for 28 months. Those prices above $1 threshold, though, those posted significant gains. In the Hamptons, um, new signed contracts have slipped annually for 28 straight months also as new listings decline year over year for two of the past three months. So it's kind of been like, I would say, a non-eventful market, but that's, that's good. You don't always want it to be a flurry. And in those kind of markets, you really, if you're looking, you can get some good deals. The North Fork new sign contracts have slipped annually for the two of the past four months. Um, in Fairfield County, if you're in Connecticut, all price trends indicators expanded again to new records as listing inventory in Fairfield dropped. Price trend indicators rose to new highs for the second straight quarter. Now, if you go back to when we would, you know, I always do market reports, but if I go back, Connecticut really was slower than everything else. When everybody was making contracts and making a lot of money, Connecticut was a little behind. And now they've really caught up and actually went past everyone. Um Sales fell annually for the ninth consecutive quarter, um, and two-thirds of all the sales in Fairfield County went into bidding wars. Listing inventory fell annually for the 17th time in 18 quarters. So we don't have listings, and that's pretty much across the country. I mean, I'm sure there's a few places, but in Greenwich, single-family medium sales prices increased year over year for 16 quarters. Um, but again, inventory fell sharply, so you really have to be out there looking. There's not a lot of inventory. And, and the sales that we had inventory all over. Condo listing inventory fell by half while sales rose for the third time in four, four, in the four, in four quarters. And New Canaan, the median sales price increased year over year. Inventory fell, so it was pretty much across the board in Connecticut. In Westchester, I'm trying to get where our audience lives, you know, where you guys live. Um, newly signed contract slipped annually for the 28th straight month, but not a lot. And, but, and there's new listings have declined year over year for more than a year. So there's, again, in Westchester, not a lot of inventory, which is a problem. Fairfield newly signed contracts have slipped annually. And, uh, you know, I told you about Greenwich. And 
I told you about Long Island. The average median sales price reached highest levels on record, but the sales fell year over year for the eighth consecutive quarter. So don't, what, what that's really saying is that prices remained high, but there weren't, there weren't as many sales. And there weren't as many sales. I don't, I, I pretty much don't think, and again, I'm giving you my opinion. I don't know what yours is, Steve, but I'm giving you my opinion on why. I just think that there was no inventory. I don't, I don't I know what your view is. I agree with you. I think there's a huge inventory problem, a lack of quantity, and then that also leads to quality and, and, and a right mix. But then also, Donnie, they, why is there not enough inventory? Right, And so one of the questions to look at is if you're a homeowner and you've maybe paid off your home or you still have a mortgage and you have a mortgage at 3% and you sell, even if you say, you know what, I want to downsize or let's say something else, where are you going to go? And you can't take that rate. You cannot port that rate over. And so that is a big obstacle to sell. So you always have to ask yourself, okay, where, where, you know, where does where are people going to have to go? What is the available housing? And so, Dottie, it's it's about the right kind of housing um, that's out there. And, and so, if you have it's that domino effect. If the people who need who want to sell and want to move don't have a place to go to, they don't sell, and that's going to ripple down the market all the way through. And look, obviously, this explanation is not the same for where we are, right? We had preference changes again. We had people looking in secondary markets to make it primary markets. Some people are staying, but some are not. So you're going to see a reshuffling of prices and in inventory. Um, and I think if you look at areas like the Hamptons, which has a couple of different tiers, right? You have the ultra, ultra luxury um, right. in the tens of millions of dollars. That's one market. You have some folks who live there all year round. It's another market. And then you have the people who have absolutely stunning homes for a couple of million dollars or so in that part of the market. You had people using some of those homes as temporary primary. Like, you know, so you, the pressure points are kind of different. And, and I, I think you're going to see the difference, right, that that third-tier category that I mentioned, I think you're going to see a little bit more of availability and maybe too much and maybe some price sensitivity over there. So this is where I know we've talked a lot about second markets during the COVID period. The other thing that people need to remember is you, you got to make sure you understand the historical local market because when you go through ups and downs of that roller coaster of pricing, you really want to understand what normal market is and price accordingly. So that's also very, very important whenever you have one of these moments. Right. And I, I don't know. I'm sure I have a trouble. Yeah, I have enough trouble. I just because so many people are moving to Florida, wanted to give you, and uh, I, I was going to do it today, but I'm not going to have time. Remember, besides for asking your broker, because you always want to ask your broker who's got a human touch and is in the market, go to AI. They'll give you a breakdown of everything. Just put the market you want, put, like, the price, the streets, and they will just spout out everything to you. So, I mean, it's so it's really easy to get information. Um, I don't think but- everyone's blanking this all on interest rates, and that could be true. 
But my opinion is it's not about interest rates only. Because well, I think it's I, about I think supply. It's, well, I, I think they're, they're tied together a little bit. I, I think interest rate is a factor. Certain first-time buyers are priced out. I think you have some inventory that's not on. There's no one answer, and I agree with you on that. I think also uncertainty in the stock market. That was your down payment, yeah. right? So well, if you feel that there's bumpiness on the equities market in your investments, you know, you may say, well, wait a minute. Have I saved properly for my down payment and liquidity as well? So, you know, so I agree with you that there's, you know, people don't like uncertainty. I'm, I'm a lawyer. I always tell clients when we're getting ready to start a transaction, be boring. For the next two, three months of your life until we close, I want you to be boring. What that means is don't add credit cards, don't cancel credit cards, don't change jobs, don't do stuff. After the closing, then you can talk about being exciting again. But for that window, you want to be boring, you want to be predictable, because you want to know what you're dealing with. And right now, we're in a time period where there's a little bit of unpredictability, and that's unsettling to people. And some people take a pause, but I will tell everyone, everyone who bought after 9-11, which was a horrific time, and held that property did well. Everyone who bought after financial contagion and when the banks were a mess, 2002, 2008, that time period, people did well. So it all gets back to really fundamentals. Understand the market. Understand the local market understand the property that you're acquiring and if you go in with the right way people consistently do well over the long run oh absolutely uh absolutely you know i i think i'm not really going to have enough time to see florida which uh, maybe we'll do next week so many more people are moving there i want to give you an accurate uh thing of what's going on there and all the different parts um but steve i want to ask you something you know, you have clients, you know, that, like, is there any question or any couple of questions that you think are more prevalent that a lot of clients are asking you, like, now? Well, I think um, damage, you know, hidden damage, water damage, flood zones, that's come up a lot in the suburban markets. Some, by the way, part, part of the city, even important buildings, too, but that's been a very big concern. And I always tell people, have a good insurance agent. Speak to your agent before we sign the contract. We double-check a satellite image of the property, see if there's streams nearby, things like that, um, because that's really, really important. Um, so that's been really top of mind. We've Unfortunately, we've had a lot of big, you know, rainstorms, right? You know, if you have a bunch of misty light rainy day is not a big deal but when you have intense period of rains you can really see what happens oh, to the me. land and bless you and if, if um if things drain well so that's a big issue for people and a lot of one is energy security right how is the property whether it's a house or an apartment powered oil gas electric what is the source what is the pricing and there's, I think, for some people, a little bit of uncertainty, like, where are we going on this, right? All the, you know, in the, in the city, buildings are rated with a rating network, right, through local law 84. 
your building has to now have a sticker up front because sort of like how the restaurants are rated, now your energy efficiency is rated. We're moving with Local Law 97 towards the greening of electric uh, of energy. And so what does that mean with the types of appliances that I have and I can put in and how I want to cook and do things? And so we're in, we're in a time period where we're seeing that experience of how people are living and using property changing, and people have a lot of questions. Yeah. Some of those questions could be cost. answered. I see electric cars yeah. not making any money because nobody really seems to want them. Well, that's, that's a whole other issue. The question is how do you power them, right? You know, it depends what kind of driver you are. What happens when I, you know... When my car runs low on, low on gas, I can hop into a gas station, they're all over the place, right. and in two minutes be filled up and done. It's not quite the same experience at this time with electric. So it depends how you use your vehicle, right? That's an yeah, important thing. I think thing. it's kind of but, premature. I think, I think they haven't really prepared enough for it. Um, and I heard in California, they only have certain times you can be refuel anyway, so... I think, you know, I think it'll eventually happen, but I think that it's, they're not really prepared. And, like, I wouldn't want to take the chance of that I was run out of, you know, uh, electricity or that, you know. But I, I guess there's a lot of cars that are, are both. But, well, but you have I, the I hybrids, that, right? You have different kinds. But, Dottie, I, I think that even the I, – I, I definitely recognize your points. I'd even take it one step back. We in New York – if we're going to go down this road of electrification, whether you're in favor or against, hold that thought for a second. I have a very practical question. Dude. Is there enough electricity being generated? Right now, it's a real concern. There is not. Now, there were some announcements from the Governor Hochul you know, about certain additions. There's going to be some growth in electric production, which is great. But I, I think there needs to be a master plan for the state of New York um, and for any state that's looking to change the laws on appliances and so forth and automobile emissions and just say, hey, what's the plan here that we have energy security, right, because unfortunately we live in a turbulent world? What also happens when the power goes down? You know, when we have to yeah. fix electric lines – the natural gas pipes in the ground still work, right? So, you know, what happens in the winter when if electric's down in an area for three well, days? Well, I've been out of electricity for, like, weeks at times when we had a storm. So, so that's a serious uh, question, you know, like, what's your backup? I mean, we in the office, you're gonna, people are going to laugh. You see, I think they're launching things before they're really ready. And that is, you know, I, I think eventually everything, you know, can happen, but I think it's premature. Well, we're, unfortunately, we're out of time to come up with an answer for it. I can't believe we made it through the, the hour already, Dottie. And I know, it's so I'll quick. see you next week. But Steve, yeah, we'll, we'll talk next week. And any questions you have for Steve or myself, just email either one of us, and we'll make sure we get them on the air. Uh, we'll be back with... Spencer Radcliffe, and you're going to not want to miss him. Moe Zach and we'll right after the commercial break and the news. The preceding hour of programming paid for by.